0: More vocal warm ups. <laughs> uh,
1: oh God, what is it?
0: Uh. I right. feel warmed up. Yeah, that was good. Hello and welcome to Super Duper Stitches, the paranormal podcast that does sciencey things. Also, and we gotta find a better way to describe this. Thing. Brings
1: the laughs and the giggles. I don't even know. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, we'll do better. You guys um, know what we're talking about by now.
0: Hopefully, <laughs> I mean, if you're just joining us for the first time, yeah, we're a, par- a podcast that talks about paranormal stuff. And uh, also tries to approach it from a scientific perspective. Right, Bring some skepticism in to otherwise sort of
1: supernatural or fanciful, far-fetched accounts. Um,
0: Yeah. Now this is the first episode recorded since we officially launched the podcast, meaning this is the first time we're talking to anyone knowing that there actually is anyone who's hearing it. Yeah.
1: We can't begin to express how terrifying it is to know you actually enjoy this. (laughs) What is
0: wrong with you? (laughs) But no, thank you guys so much for listening for the, for yes, the first indeed. three episodes, or first two anyway. We, three comes out two days from this one, so we don't actually know if you like the third one yet, but That's hopefully right. you will. Hopefully you will. Yeah. And thank you so much. We're really uh, psyched
1: with the uh, feedback.
0: We're all set up now. We got the website. We got the Instagram. We got the Twitter. We got everything happening. So yeah, tell your friends. We're out there, baby. Share. Oh yeah, Facebook. The face, Like us on Facebook. Um, so all do that do stuff all the is there now. all the subscriptional review yeah, so Quick on yeah, in most places we're does. we're at Super Duperstitious and except on Twitter and um I mean if you're listening on SoundCloud you found right. it good for you. But on Twitter <laughs> and SoundCloud both it's at duper stish. Um, Super Duper Stish. And uh yeah, rate and review us on iTunes. That really helps our visibility. Yes, if you indeed. like it, say some nice things about us and make us feel good. You know, just yeah, pump us up. And also, since we've been, you know, doing a lot of eyewitness account type stories and things. Um, feel free to send us yours if you have anything interesting you want to talk about. Yes, indeed. Yeah, we're very interested to hear if you have some sort of strange experience
1: or if you have some topic that you'd like to hear us sort of banter on about for a bit. <laughs> yeah,
0: or even a question about something we've covered already. Yeah, indeed. Uh, yes, go, to please. The, go to superduperstitious.com. There's a contact form. You can email us or just go directly to contact at com. Right. And uh, send us your stuff. With that said, Jake...
1: I'm dying to hear. I wonder if now's the time to ask about that boy in Chicago.
0: (laughs) The Phantom of the Chicago?
1: The Phantom of the Chicago. (laughs)
0: So, there are some updates. I'm going to try and just blast through them because uh, I don't want to make this take up too much of the show every no, time. No, indeed. When I said I wanted to make it a recurring segment, it was with the understanding that it wasn't going to be this much. Oh, no. It's uh, really still happening. Huh? It sure is. So, oh, um, no. So, first off, I said a while back that I was going to do my homework and find out some stuff about wing size to body size ratios. Right, right. Uh, I learned some things about mass limitations and wing aspect ratios. Okay. For example, wings seem to skew more towards anamorphic than 16 by 9. Hmm. Uh, no, it's right. aspect <laughs> ratio. But they actually, it is called aspect ratio. Um, I couldn't specifically find a means for calculating minimum, wings, uh, minimum wingspan for a given body size, at least not for bats. Mostly okay. people talk about bird wings and stuff. Sure. Um, but there have been some projects to try and make bird-style wings for humans to use to fly, just self-powered flight. Right. And the result is that for a six-foot human of roughly average weight, a wingspan of about 21 feet is required. Damn. Uh, the catch is that surface area is apparently more important than just wingspan. So it's possible, especially for bat wings, since they're a whole different structure from bird wings, Sure. Uh, that something as tall as described in the whole story of the Phantom of the Chicago, could have a shorter wingspan and still fly. Hmm.
1: Yeah, uh, assuming also, like, do they have that calibrated for a certain weight of a human as well? Or
0: uh, Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's like six about six feet tall, about maybe 160 to 70 to 80-ish. Yeah, guess, up there. me um, I think more in the heavier range there. Um, the Phantom of the Chicago is a large humanoid <laughs> flying bat creature in Chicago. Um, officially dubbed voice. the Chicago Phantom. We think that's not a great name, so we found a better one. (laughs) Um, And uh, it's also described as being very thin, uh, very skinny. So in the case of this, if it's six to seven feet tall and really skinny, it might be lighter. could maybe have smaller wings. I don't know. The whole Mm. point here Mm -hmm. uh, is that um, the scale of whatever animal they are seeing may not actually be exaggerated. It might be something about that big. Right. So they may not be blowing it out of proportion. So let me jump into the sightings. I try and fly through them. September twenty. Yeah, uh, September twenty third. From uh, this is from phantomsandmonsters.com. dot com. Um, a guy and his friend saw some big thing fly over Disable Harbor in the evening. <laughs> they just don't know what planes are. <laughs> yeah, look, okay, it was really big. It looked like it was pretty far away. There was like a sound that came. It made this weird whirring though. noise. Yeah. <laughs> September twenty fourth. This is from UFO Clearinghouse. Uh, a family <laughs> in La Vallita, so back in the little village, right. was walking home from uh, home one evening. And they encountered what they thought was a tall man dressed in all black in the middle of the street. Yeesh. But then it stretched out a huge pair of wings, kind of hopped towards the sidewalk where they were, and revealed while turning towards them that it had glowing red eyes. Uh, Uh, Ah, that key trait. Oh, yeah. So it screeched loudly and flew up into the air. They could hear the sound of heavy wing beats as it flew overhead and out of sight. What are the chances that something would have bioluminescent eyeballs? Probably pretty low, because right? it, doesn't, it doesn't really help you to light up your own eyes. No, indeed. If anything, it would make it so you can't see anything. Yeah, so, exactly. Going back to what we said before, it seems like it's probably just reflecting light kind of right. eye shine. Right. Uh, tapidum lucidum is the name of that physiological structure. <laughs> or True Morphological? You know. I don't know. Anyway, uh, September 26th, this is from Phantoms and Monsters again. A guy who works at a nightclub was on his way home at about one fifteen in the morning and stopped at a red light. He was the only one at the intersection and noticed something perched on top of the light pole diagonally mm. to his left across the street. It was crouched there for maybe five to ten seconds then stood up on two legs, stretched out two huge wings, and flew away. Uh, he Blech. described it in a lot of detail, saying it was very mm. slender, dark in color, had legs and arms, oh. and a roughly 12-foot wingspan with leathery wings. There's that 12-foot wingspan again. Yeah. Uh, it had a sh- short snout, kind of like a French bulldog, but otherwise, huh. its face looked more like that of a gargoyle. Hmm. Uh, or technically a grotesque. A gargoyle, so this, those um, statues on like old churches and cathedral, cathedrals right. and stuff, people refer to them all as gargoyles. But it's only a gargoyle if it includes a water spout feature to it. Are you kidding me right otherwise, now? Otherwise, it's just a grotesque.
1: So the cartoon, they should have all been just spinning water the entire time. Yes. <laughs> they should have been the grotesques. <laughs>
0: yes. So that fact Sounds I learned like from, name, uh, uh, from Dr. Abby Boucher Corby... In hmm. Scotland, thanks. Uh, we went to college together. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's see here. Uh, oh, and he didn't notice any glow to its eyes. All right. Which actually, so the number of reports of non-glowing eyes suggested, yeah, it's probably just a light reflection situation, I and see. not just self-powered light. <laughs> September 26th, that same day saw, uh Phantoms and Monsters, a mother and son heard their neighbor's dog barking like crazy at around 9.15 p.m., looked at the back door, turned on the porch light, and saw a, quote monster bat spread open its wings and fly off man it had bright red eyes and looked at them we got a picture kind of what kind of i really want to see this i'm gonna show it to you and you're going to be disappointed oh no the son sent in this drawing that he uh, of what he had seen
1: that is just a drawing isn't
0: it <laughs> just a drawing <laughs> It's the closest thing we got to a photo it's, so far. It is very Mothman-like, though. It is. It's. But I mean, the difference here is it does have distinctly bat-like wings. It does indeed, and like, in, like with a lot of detail as far as all the the fingers and stuff, and the Man. skin between them, and then the bright glowing red eyes. So that is a spooky image. It is. So if that's you know if that's what the kids saw, that's pretty spooky. Yeah, that's as close as we got to a photo, or is it? Oh? oh yeah, oh, October seventh, phantoms and monsters. Sometime after ten PM, some people saw a thing flying over around or something. Uh, whatever. Yeah, who it wasn't, cares? About it wasn't that a very was, interesting that one's story. Dumb. <laughs> it, it really is. Like, oh, I <laughs> saw a thing flying between the buildings. It was like gray or uh, dark. You Couldn't tell. It was gliding. It's just, it's it's just, just a drone. Just, he, um, the guy said, I quickly ruled out a bird. It's like okay, well, cool. <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> Not a bird. Boom, solved. October fourteenth, phantoms and monsters, mm. uh, Anaheim, California. What? At 4 a.m., a witness identifying themselves as MUFON, so, uh, <laughs> capital M-U-F-O-N, all caps. Uh, Wait so, a second. Uh, what
1: does that stand for again? I Does it? I didn't know that it I did. I do believe it does.
0: Okay. Mutual
1: oh. UFO Network. Oh, shit. Yeah, I thought that rang a conspiratorial bell in my brain. Huh. Interesting. So they call themselves MUFON. And Which so, is hilariously enough appropriate, I guess, given yeah, that this is so. something of an unidentified flying object. But that also suggests
0: this is someone who um, and so is already <sighs> kind, of, already kind of ready for in that world, weird. yeah, true enough. So saw a humanoid bat like creature hovering out by the tree in their front yard. Uh, hmm. heard a sound, turned on the phones, night vision to look at it, uh, zoomed in and it changed shapes uh, when he zoomed huh. in. So he took video and photos in hopes of letting the, quote, footage do the talking. Did he post said video and photo? Uh, Quote, halfway through I noticed helicopters and a small plane doing a circle around my block and big trucks going up and down my street like they were looking for something. quote. MUFON didn't actually send any of the photos or videos with this account. Why MUFON? Why? (laughs) So we still have neither Jack nor shit. (laughs) (laughs) Um... So... Damn it, Mufon. That's my update on the Phantom of the Chicago. Mufon sounds
1: like the bullshit knockoff of Disney's Mulan.
0: <laughs> or it's a weird way to pronounce muffin. Yes. Can I get that, Mufon? <laughs> it's like a weird, like, trying to make it Frencher than it actually is. <laughs> yes. Oh, Moufon. <move> <laughs> So that's that for that. Fair enough. Now, we said last time that we wanted to dive into some spookier stories for Halloween. Uh, This episode is coming out five days? What, Thursday? Friday, Saturday, Saturday, Monday. Five days before Halloween. Yes, indeed. (laughs) (laughs) I had to count. Yeah, so we are going to try and do something spooky on behalf of Halloween. So, um ended up working out that I couldn't find any full-length stories scary enough for what I wanted, so I think we decided we're going to do a, what did you call it? Uh, What did I call it? A spook witch? A spook witch. Where? Where where I'll tell one short story of spookiness. And and
1: I'll uh, I'll jump in with a somewhat longer tale of creepiness.
0: And then I'll finish the bookend with another creepier tale.
1: And uh, yeah, we hope you guys will enjoy the experience, maybe get... Get your uh, Halloween lighting set. Maybe listen to this episode, you know,
0: at 3 a.m. when uh, everyone else is asleep In and the you're dark. still up. Yeah. Uh, maybe if you need to, just shine a flashlight up under your chin even though you're not saying anything. Exactly. Um, Whatever. Turn, what if, turn, what turn your tricks? fog
1: machine on like we did last time. Uh, you know, maybe turn on, if you have like a radiator heating system, turn that on That's just that. so that it starts creaking and banging and clanging <laughs> around. Uh, uh, if you
0: have any chains, go ahead and rattle them. Rattle
1: those chains. Get
0: <laughs> the ambiance.
1: Maybe go out into a graveyard to listen to this one. Um, <laughs>
0: whatever, whatever, whatever works it takes for you. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I have two stories. I'll start with the one that I find to be. Uh, it's actually it's kind of a more well-known <laughs> one. It's um, from a few years ago. It was all over the internet. I remember finding it pretty cool at the time. I'm all ears. You may have heard it, maybe not. Um, but I will definitely dive in here. It's the story of The Watcher. Hmm. Have you heard of The Watcher?
1: Um, not in a spooky contest. Okay.
0: Context. Just The Watcher in the contest. Water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. So, it takes place right, in New Westfield, New Jersey.
1: New Jersey.
0: In um, June of 2014, a couple bought a, what they considered their, like, dream house. It was, like, a $1.3 million house, something like that. It's a pretty nice house. Okay. Um... About yeah, pretty, you know, pretty nice, uh, pretty, pretty good. It's it pretty good. So let me read to you just the beginning of this lawsuit they filed, the civil oh, suit. Oh shit! Okay. Uh, the parties, plaintiffs. Oh, thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. Uh, plaintiffs. I gave him a beer. Got to have our got to have our drink on for this. Mm-hmm. Um, plaintiffs were Derek. Steal my nerve. <laughs> plaintiffs, <laughs> Derek brought us and Maria brought us. Uh, Currently, residents of Union County, New Jersey, by way of complaint against the defendants, says (coughs) the parties, plaintiffs... Sorry, this part's really good. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I should just start over. (laughs) Plaintiffs, Derek and Maria Bratis were the purchasers of the property located at 657 Boulevard, Westfield, New Jersey, on or about June 2nd, 2014. Mm -hmm. Uh, Defendants John and Andrea Woods were the previous owners of and sold the property located at 657 Boulevard, mm. Westfield. So then, uh, quote, the Watcher was slash is the writer of the threatening letters and also claims a right of ownership and or possession of 657 what? Boulevard, Westfield, New now, Jersey.
1: I'm peeking over your shoulder. I see the Watcher is literally a formal name in
0: quotations. Yeah, proper noun, the Watcher. So Yeah. This is, well, so I'm reading to you from the actual lawsuit, um, the actual... Like legal document itself
1: still i mean just to hear something called the watcher it seems like a pretty fanciful kind I know, of which is great so that's outlandish funny. thing to find its way into a legal document that's you so know fun
0: so this is all coming from the legal document and it's it pretty weird so you, you begin with the definitions before you go forward like in any kind of legal document. right of course of course and um so that's how they're defining the watcher um huh so the broadest's bought a house in early June of 2014. Mm. um, Three days after the Broadduses bought the house, they started getting some creepy letters. Three days, wow. Yeah, so the three letters that they received said the following, and these are all quotes as they appear uh, in the civil suit. They're all kind of piecemeal. Like It describes quotes from each of the letters saying this is from the first letter, this is from the next two. And it doesn't doesn't show the whole letter as it appears. It just shows a bunch of quotes from it in separate quotes. So I don't really know... If it, it's, and it Can't really just,
1: reconstruct the full message, I guess. Like, and
0: the way it all comes together, it sounds like it was either just like a bunch of random sentences all over uh, a page. I don't really know. Okay, so let sure, me, sure. Let me just read you the quotes instead. Yeah, Leonami. on me. The first letter. 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades. Hmm. I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. What? My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s and my father watched in the 1960s. It is now my time. What? Why are you here? I will find out. Uh, <laughs> now that they have it, to flaunt it, they pay the price. Now they, Wait, one more time on that one? Now that they have it, to flaunt it, they pay the price. Oh, jeez. Tisk tisk tisk! Bad move. You don't want to make 657 Boulevard unhappy. Do you need to fill the house with the young blood I requested? What? Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw them to me. I asked the woods to bring me young blood. So the oh. woods are the previous owners. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, uh, the second and third letters contain these quotes. Have they found what is in the walls yet? Hmm. In time, they will. Ooh. I am pleased to know your names now and the name of the young blood you have brought to me. Oh. Have you found all the secrets it holds? Will the young blood play in the basement? <laughs> now, for the record, the uh, original listing does say that there is a finished playroom in the basement. So that does make it a little bit less creepy when you find the <laughs> yeah. better He's like, I put toys down there. <laughs> there should be a big Lego set. <laughs> um, who has the bedrooms facing the street? I'll know as soon as you move in. It will help me to know who is in which bedroom. Then I can plan better. All the windows and doors in 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. Good lord. And then here's here's why we have the name for him. Who am I? I am the Watcher and have been in control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades now. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on and kindly sold it when I asked them to. Uh, then the next quote is, uh, you have changed it and made it so fancy. Hmm. Uh, then it cries for the past and what used to be in the time when I roamed its halls, when I ran from room to room imagining the life with the rich occupants there. And now I watch and wait for the day when the young blood will be mine again. Ugh. 657 Boulevard is turning on me. It is coming after me. I am in charge of 657 Boulevard. Let the young blood play as I once did. <laughs> and stop changing it and let it alone. So those are the quotes from the Ugh, letters. You Again, know. they're all just those little separate sentences I said where how they are presented in the legal document, the Man. original letters aren't scanned in or anything. So I don't know what the original context is for any of that.
1: I'm just imagining if it was like a neighbor sincerely trying their best to welcome them to the neighborhood. <laughs> I don't know if this is all coming out
0: weird or... <laughs> <laughs> Why would they move in Why now? They, I don't get it. Yeah, they keep... <laughs> Looking at their windows. So yeah, they once they got those letters, like again, they arrived um started, the first letter started three days after they bought the house. Right. Um they said, Well, we can't move into this place. This is horrible. We have no three joke. little kids. Um, three young bloods. We got so, three young bloods. <laughs> so they um so the reason for this whole <laughs> uh civil suit that I'm reading from mm-hmm. is um they're suing the Woods family, the Woods couple, for falsely like for advertising this house, selling it to right. them. And not revealing knowledge of yeah. this
1: watcher, which you didn't tell us there was a freaking watcher. Yeah,
0: because like he in the letter claims to have contacted them before, and what so the in the legal no. document they're saying that oh well you know they have a, they must have received a letter as well. They're so, claiming that they have received a letter and that they are just pretending not to have. Right. And so the Woods filed a countersuit, saying this is bullshit, and we're filing like, a defamation suit because you're making oh. a huge deal of this. It's been all over the all kinds of different news sites and stuff back at the time. Um, so this
1: was already going
0: on. Yeah, this is this all happened in 2014. Just a whole weird thing. It's just so strange because it sounds like it sounds like I like they, in the legal document they're saying it's kind of like a mentally disturbed person, maybe a stalker. Right. right. But it has so many undertones of just weird supernatural stuff. And well, the
1: hold, yeah, and the the semantic choices. Yeah. in Those sentences. And we're back
0: to things being in walls again. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and it's just very interesting. And you know, if if I were me. Uh, I've <laughs> gotten a letter saying, have they found what's in the walls yet? I would have police come and find what's in the walls. I mean, exactly. Uh, and- there's no record, as far as I can tell, of police being involved. Like, well, I say that. That's incorrect. Uh, in in this legal thing, it's not saying you know, there's a police investigation ongoing. It's a separate sure. situation. They actually There is one trying to find out who the watcher is and trying to find them. Supposedly at, at the time, or to this day? now, actually, supposedly Whoa, they now might have a lead. They don't like know. A thing? The most recent thing: so the um, yeah, the Woods family does, uh, denied having any knowledge of the Watcher, any letters, blah blah blah. The Broadus family decided to try selling the house. They think they can't live there, and so they're, right. um, they're currently renting it to a guy named Chris. I think his name is Chris. Chris for, for a cool four thousand dollars a month. Yeah, it was a- um, Some news outlets have tried to interview Chris, asking him if he's had any weird letters and stuff, and so. Right. When they talked to him, he seemed really laid back and he's like, oh yeah, I I hadn't heard about this. This is weird. So, which is kind of funny because it means that after filing a suit against the Woods family saying, oh, you guys, you didn't tell us about this when you sold it to us. They turned around and rented it to a guy without telling him about
1: it. Yeah. Funny how that works, right? Yeah. I do like that Chris is so laid back about it. I'm just imagining people showing up and like, have you seen The Watcher? And it's him and The Watcher just like
0: smoking a bong. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) Hey man, it's all good. The uh, So they're also, um, oh, this year they did receive yet another letter from the Watcher, okay. Uh, which their lawyer described thusly, quote, this letter contains specific threats and was more derogatory and sinister than any of the previous letters. Oh, man. Unfortunately, they haven't released anything from that letter, any quotes oh. from it. So that's all we know about it is that it seems to be what worse. What a tease. I know. So they're also suing the town. For not letting them go through with their more recent <laughs> plan to demolish the house and replace it with, for some reason, two smaller ones in the same spot. What the f- what? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Uh, rich people are weird. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> that's so a good point. Th- that's the story of the Watcher. I think I heard somewhere that people like are wanting to make a movie out of it. I know there is a movie called The Watcher, but I think it's a whole separate thing. Sure. But yeah, wow. just a really weird, creepy story. Oh man, it's, a st- it's still unfolding. Super spooky. Yeah. yeah. Still unfolding and unresolved. How weird that it's ongoing, too. That's pretty incredible. Oh, my mm-hmm. goodness. So that's the end of my first kind of creepy story. I saved the spookier one for last. Very good. All right, so cool. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Mr. Shell.
1: Well, then, mine will be somewhat longer, but hopefully not too long. So I have gotten for you today another sort of something-in-the-woods type story Okay. that has since been attributed to a sort of Sasquatch encounter.
0: Okay. But You're back on your shit again. I know, I'm back
1: on my shit, but this is one of my favorite, like, spooky tales, even as a standalone sort of something in the woods story. In part because it was recounted by your boy Teddy Roosevelt. Oh hell yeah. Oh that's awesome. And this is a story that was recounted to him um by a trapper that he had met on the frontier And it so affected him and so sort of convinced and moved him that this man had had some weird experience that he went so far as to put it into his book called The Wilderness Hunter as just sort of like a, you know, anecdote that he wanted to recount to the world.
0: And so I have, I love Teddy Roosevelt, so I'm excited to hear what he, what could spook him. Right. It's, oh, I forgot something. We said last time that we're going to try and find a different word other than spooky to describe spooky. everything. <laughs> uh, what
1: could have f- frightened him? Yes, I terrified him to his very core. <laughs> um. So I scabbed off BigfootEncounters.com.
0: dot com. Ooh, that's a very straightforward URL.
1: It very much is, and I believe it's a somewhat older site. I don't really think it's being kept up. But they have a handful of early encounter stories that have since been sort of um, glorified, if okay. you will. And so, this forward that I'm about to read before even the story was originally penned by Bobby Short in 1995. Um, I've Bobby. truncated it, <laughs> Bobby. Uh, truncated it and edited it down a bit just to sort of save on time. You're better
0: um, at that word than I am. Edited it, or that's a pair of
1: words. <laughs> a pair of words, indeed. That would be part of the problem right there. Let's see here. In the late 1800s, presidential frontiersman and rough rider Teddy Roosevelt began writing his soon-to-be-published book titled The Wilderness Hunter. In it, the author writes of a grizzled, weather-beaten trapper by the name of Bowman, a German immigrant who lived all of his life out on the early frontier. Roosevelt must have had some degree of belief in Bowman's tale to include his thoughts in his book, says Short. This story is now one of Idaho's best-known horror stories and is the tale of two trappers who set out on a beaver hunt in the still-remote alpine terrain of the beautiful Salmon River countryside. This portion of the Salmon River is located in the Bitterroot Mountains between the state of Idaho and Montana. 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 (laughs) Montana. (laughs) Mantona? Mantona. Yeah, exactly. To this day, stories of the Sasquatch come out of this still effectively unmanaged wilderness. Roosevelt wrote that the previous year, a trapper's body had been found torn to bits and partially eaten by, quote, an unknown beast which left enormous human-like foot tracks in its wake.
0: That does sound to me so far like a grizzly bear.
1: Indeed, but there's even a a little note here that bears do not leave human footprints overlapping bear tracks upon one another can be differentiated. Okay. But this is someone, perhaps, much like myself, wanting to bite the bait. So I'm selling it. Here is the famous excerpt regarding Bowman's experience, as recounted in Roosevelt's book. Writes Roosevelt, <laughs> "I want to do a voice, but I'm not going to. <laughs> it so long." <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, let me tell you a story. Um, <laughs> frontiersmen are not, as a rule, apt to be very superstitious. They lead lives too hard and practical and have too little imagination in things spiritual and supernatural. I have heard but few ghost stories while living on the frontier, and those few were of a perfectly commonplace and conventional type. But I once listened to a goblin story, which rather impressed me. I also like the term (laughs) goblin story. (laughs) I mean, it's about as accurate as a ghost story when you're talking about a scary story. (laughs) It's a corporeal spooky thing. A grizzled, weather-beaten old mountain hunter named Bowman, who was born and had passed all of his life on the frontier, told it to me.
0: He hunts mountains. That's a badass guy. (laughs) Yes, exactly.
1: I need the largest game possible. (laughs) He must have believed what he said, for he could hardly repress a shudder at certain points of the tale. But he was of German ancestry and, in childhood, had doubtless been saturated with all kinds of ghost and goblin lore so that many fearsome superstitions were latent in his mind. Besides, he knew well the stories told by the Indian medicine men in their winter camps of the snow walkers, the specters, and the formless evil beings that haunt the forest depths, and Dog and Waylay, the lonely wanderer who, after nightfall, passes through the regions where they lurk.
0: I can't imagine how fun it would be to... Um I can't imagine it'd be that much fun to be walking alone <laughs> in the woods. Quite a different sentiment back then. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't, I can't imagine just how much of a <laughs> <It'd> be so <laughs> fun. Yeah. yeah, I can't. Uh, yeah, it seems like it'd be. I mean, even now there there are areas that are still woods. Oh, absolutely. Scary, but even back then, even more so. where right. You know, like if you're alone in the woods, you're just out someplace there. Someplace now, you can still be very, very far from civilization, but you know that. There is civilization somewhere. Somewhere, yeah, (laughs) within
1: a relative stone's throw. And yeah, exactly, exactly. Back then you're, what, taking a horse, you know, 20 miles out and then going another 10 miles on foot and you're just out there. Oh my goodness, I know. It may be that when overcome by the horror of the fate that befell his friend and when oppressed by the awful dread of the unknown, he grew to attribute both at the time and still more in remembrance weird and elfin traits, <laughs> I thought elfin was a funny choice, <laughs> to what was merely some abnormally wicked and cunning wild beast. But whether this was so or not, no man can say. When the event occurred, Bowman was still a young man, and was trapping with a partner among the mountains dividing the forks of the Salmon from the head of the Wisdom River. Not having had much luck, he and his partner determined to go up into a particularly wild and lonely pass through which ran a small stream said to contain many beavers. The pass had an evil reputation because the year before, a solitary hunter who had wandered into it was slain, seemingly by a wild beast, the half-eaten remains being afterwards found by some mining prospectors who had passed the camp only the night before. The memory of this event, however, weighted very lightly with the two trappers, who were as adventurous and hardy as others of their kind. They took to their lean mountain ponies to the... F- oh, excuse me. They took their two lean mountain ponies <laughs> to the foot. They took to their lean mountain
0: ponies. <laughs> they had quite a liking to those yes, ponies. Yes, <laughs> they just love those ponies. The end. <laughs>
1: to the foot of the pass, where they left them in an open beaver meadow, the rocky timber-clad ground being from there onward, impracticable, impracticable, there's a hard word for you, mm. for horses.
0: Impracticable. Yeah, no, I can't say that.
1: They then struck out on foot through the vast gloomy forest and and about in about four hours reached a little open glade where they concluded to camp, as signs of game were plenty. There was still an hour or two of daylight left, and after building a brush lean-to and throwing down and opening their packs, they started upstream. The country was very dense and hard to travel through, as there was much down timber, although here and there the somber woodland was broken by small glades of mountain grass. At dusk, they again reached camp, The glade in which it was pitched was not many yards wide, the tall, close-set pines and firs rising around it like a wall. On one side was a little stream, beyond which rose the steep mountain slope, covered with the unbroken growth of evergreen forest. They were surprised to find that during their absence something, apparently a bear, had visited camp, and had rummaged about among their things, scattering the contents of their packs, and in sheer wantonness destroying their lean-to. Mm -hmm. The footprints of the beast were quite plain, but at first they paid no particular heed to them, busying themselves with rebuilding the lean-to, laying out their beds and stores, and lighting the fire. While Bowman was making ready supper, it being already dark, his companion began to examine the tracks more closely, and soon took a brand from the fire to follow them up, where the intruder had walked along a game trail after leaving the camp. When the brand flickered out, he returned and took another, repeating his inspection of the footprints very closely. Coming back to the fire, he stood by it a minute or two, peering out into the darkness, and suddenly remarked, Bowman, that bear has been walking on two legs. Bowman laughed at this, but his partner insisted that he was right, and upon uh, again examining the tracks with the torch, they certainly did seem to be made by but two paws or feet. Mm -hmm. However, it was too dark to make sure. After discussing whether the footprints could possibly be those of a human being, and coming to the conclusion that they could not be, the two men rolled up in their blankets and went to sleep under the lean-to. At about midnight, Bowman was awakened by some noise and sat up in his blankets. As he did so, his nostrils were struck by a strong, wild-beast odor, and he caught the loom of a great body in the darkness at the mouth of the lean-to. Grasping his rifle, he fired at the vague, threatening shadow, but must have missed For immediately afterwards, he heard the smashing of the underwood as the thing, whatever it was, rushed off into the impenetrable blackness
0: of the forest and the night. Uh, Whatever, I mean, no matter what it is, it's at the foot of your tent, or in this case, lean-to or whatever. (laughs) You don't really want to wake up to that. That's That's terrible. Extremely spooky. Yeah. (laughs) The huge shadow looking at you. Oh,
1: my God just out there mm-hmm. in the woods i mean if nothing even if nothing happened i mean again these are hardened dudes i guess so oh, yeah. you gotta figure it's like oh well, whatever this, out the I mean, this is at this night. Who an wilderness thing for them like like you yeah. said they, they
0: found they looked at the prince and said oh this couldn't have been a human let's yeah, go to bed let's go to bed <laughs> yeah
1: <clears throat> but this spooked him after this the two men slept but little sitting up by the rekindled fire but they heard nothing more In the morning, they started out to look at the few traps they had set the previous evening and put out new ones. By an unspoken agreement, they kept together all day and returned to camp towards evening. On nearing it, they saw, hardly to their astonishment, that the lean-to had again been torn down. The visitor of the preceding day had returned and in wanton malice had tossed about their camp kit and bedding and destroyed the shanty. The ground was marked up by its tracks, and on leaving the camp it had gone along the soft earth by the brook. The footprints were as plain as if on snow, and, after a careful scrutiny of the trail, it certainly did seem as if, whatever the thing was, it had walked off on but two legs.
0: It's a very pissy Sasquatch. Yeah, it's
1: it does not like having folks around. The men, thoroughly uneasy, gathered a great heap of dead logs and kept up a roaring fire throughout the night one or the other sitting on guard most of the time. About midnight, the thing came down through the forest opposite, across the brook, and stayed there on the hillside for nearly an hour. Mm. They could hear the branches crackle as it moved about, and several times it uttered a harsh, grating, long-drawn moan, Mm -hmm. a peculiarly sinister sound. Yet it did not venture near the fire. In the morning, the two trappers, after discussing the strange events of the last 36 hours, decided that they would shoulder their packs and leave the valley that afternoon. They were the more ready to do this because, in spite of seeing a good deal of game sign, they had caught very little fur. However, it was necessary first to go along the line of their traps and gather them, and this they started out to do. All the morning they kept together, picking up trap after trap, each one empty, on first leaving camp, they had the disagreeable sensation of being followed. Mm-hmm. In the dense spruce thickets, they occasionally heard a branch snap after they had passed.
0: At this point, you're going to just, <clears throat> every little sound is going to be... <laughs> I would be
1: just pooping running. up a storm. Pooping up a storm. <laughs> Absolutely. And now and then, there were slight rustling noises among the small pines to one side of them. At noon, they were back within a couple of miles of camp, and in the high, bright sunlight, their fear seemed absurd to the two armed men, accustomed as they were to, through long years of lonely wandering in the wilderness to face every kind of danger from man, brute, or element. There were still three beaver traps to collect from a little pond in a wide ravine nearby. Bowman volunteered to gather these and bring them in, while his companion went ahead to camp and made ready the packs. On reaching the pond, Bowman found three beavers in the traps, one of which had been pulled loose and carried into a beaver house. He took several hours in securing and preparing the beaver, and when he started homewards, he marked with some uneasiness how low the sun was was getting. Mm-hmm. As he hurried toward camp, under the tall trees, the silence and desolation of the forest waited on him. His feet made no sound on the pine needles, and the slanting sun rays striking through among the straight trunks made a grey twilight in which objects at a objects at a distance glimmered indistinctly
0: that's the worst time of day you just can't, everything is so hard to see it's it's worse than when it's totally <sighs> dark because it's like absolutely. you can almost see but not really
1: and it, like the psychological pressure of feeling like oh my god i'm about to be back in darkness with some thing yeah. that is absolutely like unhappy with us being here mm-hmm. There is nothing to break the gloomy stillness which, when there is no breeze, always broods over these somber primeval forests. At last, he came to the edge of the little glade where the camp lay, and shouted as he approached it, but got no answer. The fire had gone out, though the thin blue smoke was still curling upwards. Near it lay the packs, wrapped and arranged. At first Bowman could see nobody, nor did he receive an answer to his call. Stepping forward again, he shouted, and as he did so, his eye fell on the body of his friend.
0: Oh, no. Yeah,
1: <laughs> stretched beside the trunk of a great fallen spruce. Rushing f- towards it, the horrified trapper found that the body was still warm, but that the neck was broken, mm-hmm. while there were four great fang marks in the throat. Oh. The footprints of the unknown beast creature, printed deep in the soft soil, told the whole story. The unfortunate man, having finished his packing, had sat down on the spruce log with his face to the fire and his back to the dense woods to wait for his companion. Big mistake. (laughs) While thus waiting, his monstrous assailant, which must have been lurking in the woods, waiting for a chance to catch one of the adventurers unprepared, came up silently from behind, walking with long, noiseless steps and seemingly still on two legs. Evidently unheard, it reached the man and broke his neck by wrenching his head back with its forepaws while it buried its teeth in his throat. It had not eaten the body, but apparently had romped and gibbled all around it, in uncouth ferocious glee occasionally rolling over and over it and had then fled back into the soundless soundless depths of the woods. Bowman utterly unnerved and believing that the creature with which he had to deal was something either half human or half devil some great goblin beast abandoned everything but his rifle and struck off at speed down the pass not halting until he reached the beaver meadows where the hobbled ponies were still grazing.
0: I kind of like that description. Half human or half devil, not half and half it's like one of those yeah. two things is the bad thing you Pick don't one. want it to be. <laughs> right.
1: Mounting, he rode onwards through the night until beyond reach of pursuit. And so that is the Roosevelt account. Um there is actually another account and another um actually in the same book where he may have Described his own Bigfoot experience. Ooh. I'll say that maybe for another time. But I do like Bobby Short's final words on this current story, which is um, this creature, whatever it may have been, was never given a clearly defined name, even though Bigfoot buffs believe that this was a Sasquatch of some kind. Okay, And I like, too, that this story would have emerged at a time before I mean, sort of much like Bobby's saying, Bobby, 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 it's, it's coming out of a time prior to sort of the Bigfoot craze where if you have some strange experience in the woods, you might go, Oh, you know, some large beast was like messing with her camp and like killed someone I know <laughs> it was Sasquatch, you know, like, yeah. Oh, it was this thing. But no, it's like the whole way through, it's being accounted as like, some crazy shit happened to us in the woods, and my friend died, and it sucked, and it was terrifying. Yeah. The end. Like, wow. That's kind of interesting. I like, too, that Roosevelt's even kind of skeptical of the yeah, guy.
0: Yeah, so, you know, it, maybe it was some kind of a bear, maybe it was something He's else. like, we'll never really say. know, but this yeah. is a
1: crazy story, and I have to freaking tell it right now. Yeah, that's um, cool. The
0: conspicuous lack of, like, just label for the thing makes it that much cooler.
1: Yeah, so, another intriguing tale, and uh, this one's always giving me the, uh, the heebie-jeebies,
0: so... There you have it. I like it. Happy Halloween. So that's how you do a, a Halloween cryptid story. I like it. There Very you cool. go. Sorry to be so Sasquatch centric. <laughs> <Hey, laughs> I, ex- I would expect nothing less from you, Wyatt, and I, I, I know, loved it. Thank you. Big, big, stinky feet. <laughs> All right. So you've got one more for me. i got one more for you, and it is a straight up ghost story. All right. And uh, so we both have the same struggle trying to find stories, trying to find good scary stories to tell for for this recording um i ended up eventually deciding to go to reddit for um for possible stories so there are a couple different threads of people's like the prompt was like what's your creepiest true story that's happened to you whatever it might Mm be whether it's like some kind of like oh i almost got kidnapped or oh someone i know got murdered or whatever the story might be Mm -hmm. and it had uh and i don't spend enough time on Reddit, so I keep forgetting that it exists, for example. Uh, like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, I read it. I should check that out. That's fair. And um, it has the tag on it, serious, so they don't want any just made-up shit. Uh, it's supposed to, It's guys, kind of a self... Keep like, it serious. It's being um, kind of uh, filtered through to make sure that it's just people actually telling accounts that they are being serious about. Mm-hmm. So I have a story from... A redditor uh, trying to, explaining something that happened to him. Hmm. So, without further ado, here's a story from I Eat Poop. Ask me anything. Oh <laughs> like, my goodness. The Username yes uh, in all capital letters. I underscore eat underscore poop underscore A M A. So. This huh. Is, but it, if it's, it's what if it still, stands for American it, Martial Arts? That's true. It could. This is still Reddit we're talking about, so you can't expect the username not to be Reddity.
1: I uh I'm interested <laughs> to hear his story because yes.
0: a name like that is sort of <laughs> with a name like Smuckers. <laughs> yeah. Lay it on Alrighty. me though. I'm I'm yes. I'm all ears for Alright, so I'm gonna just read it to you verbatim as it is. I E P A M A. What I poop ask me anything. Okay. Gotcha. I have a few paranormal events that happened throughout all throughout my life. Most of them are pretty tame, but there is one that got me, uh, let, me take these, let me take these off. Go going in headphones list. Ooh. That's not what you took off, though. <laughs> but there is one that got to me and still sticks with me today. About four years ago, I was ending my freshman year at college. I lived in the dorms with a kick-ass roommate and pretty much had a great experience altogether. <laughs> nice, bro. Uh, towards the end of my last semester, something seemed different in my hall of all the dorms. Hmm. We're all still our lively selves, but just walking into the dorms would give you this massive feeling of dread. Hmm. We all wrote it off as the stress of finals approaching, but it just felt off. Well, one night after studying, I decided to hit the shower so I can just wake up and make my way to class in a few hours. Mm. Before I keep going, I should go ahead and set out the layout of our hall and the bathroom. Our hall was one of many halls on a single floor. Each hall had four rooms that accommodated two people each, or a single room for the RAs. At the entrance to the halls were massive steel doors with a small window located at one end. And across from it was the bathroom. It seriously felt like a prison block rather than a living quarter for college students. Hmm. It's pretty typical for a freshman dorm, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Uh, as for the bathroom itself, when you walked in, you were immediately met with two sets of sinks, two sinks um aside on your left and right, with massive mirrors facing each other and creating that infinite loop of mirrors. Oh, here we go. Yeah, it's, automatically it's gonna just be ripe for just seeing this weird stuff. This is just stuff. yeah, all exactly. the layers of mirrorness you see. Uh, mm-hmm. so, which it's a that's a weird layout choice from the school. It is <laughs> <It's> kind of <laughs> like, creepy. Yeah. Cause um, yeah, I would hate that. I just remember one time in college, sitting um, I can't. Remember, it's a whole story in and of itself as far as how this whole evening unfolded. But it ended up resulting, you know, sometime in October, we all just started telling each other spooky stories. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of the night, we we're all just so scared to go to bed. It was a week <laughs> night too. We we're all going to go to class the next day. Right. We all like made pacts with each other, like you know, go to the bathroom together, that night, <laughs> a of teeth and not to scare each other after right, that right. and stuff. And, <laughs> yeah. So I can't imagine having. If, we, if after that night we went to a bathroom where there were mirrors facing each other, it would have yeah, been all right. over. That would be no good. No. Um, where did I leave off? So, then past that you had your two urinals and a toilet stall on your left and two showers on your right. All right. Uh, when facing the left set of sinks, you can clearly see into the showers from the mirror. Mm. Uh, if the door is open, anyway. And in the right set of sinks, you can see the reflection of the shower. The door of the bathroom was identical to the entrance of the hall, a massive steel frame with a small window that didn't allow for much of a view, with good reason, mm-hmm. in the bathroom. Uh, the door was propped open with a giant wooden wedge that couldn't be moved unless you were really trying to close that door. Mm-hmm. So, back to the story. I'm all alone in the bathroom, gearing up to go shower. I throw my change of clothes on the right side sink so that, that way I can reach around the stall and grab them. Mm-hmm. Once I set my stuff down, I happen to look up into the mirror, and I can see in the distance, like the distance of the many layers of, of mirror reflections that there are, Right, right. something almost shimmering inside the shower stall. Huh. As I look at it, I notice that it slowly gets closer. What? Like it's jumping from the furthermost layer to the next layer closer. I'm kind of unsettled, but I don't think much of it other than me coming down off of a massive Red Bull Adderall and caffeine kick. Uh, Fair. But it starts transitioning faster. As it gets closer, I can start making out details, but nothing vivid or striking. It's just a dark mass that looks like it's covered in hair. <laughs> what? At this point, I'm freaking out hardcore since this thing is getting closer in the mirror, and it's pretty I'm pretty much frozen to the spot just at this point. As it gets to the fourth layer, I get the closest look at this thing I'll ever get, and I regret every minute of it. Oh, boy. It wasn't hair, but some kind of long, flowing veil. You could see through it partially, but from the torso down, it was just solid black. And the face, I can't describe it. It was clearly human, but at the same time, it was so far removed. Oh, boy. There were eyes. They were black, but definitely glowing somehow. I only saw this for maybe a second at the most, but it's burned into my mind forever. Then the lights cut out, and I hear the door slam. It's pitch black in the bathroom, so I can't see this thing thing anymore. I go to open the door, but it won't budge. And then this intense smell of blood hits me out of nowhere. And that's all I remember. What? I woke up later in the hospital, from what my R.A. claims. He was on his way to use the bathroom sometime after this happened, where he found me in the shower stall with my shirt covered in blood from a massive nosebleed. He tried to ask me what happened, and according to him, all I could respond uh, with was, it saw me, and I started freaking out. Oh, bye. So he calls an ambulance, and they get me to the hospital. All the while, I'm apparently freaking out, so they sedate me to get me to calm down. I'm coming to around the time my parents show up, worried sick, of course. I ask them what happened, And according to the doctors, they believe I had a seizure. However, they ran CAT scans soon after Uh, I was cooperative enough to do so and found no signs of any seizure occurring. Not to Mm -hmm. mention epilepsy doesn't run in my family at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, And having taken Adderall several times in the past and since then, I've never had a similar side effect. Neither hallucinations nor potential seizures. To this day, I still can't bring myself to look into a mirror for more than a minute. Just being stuck in a room with one for an extended period will cause Mm -hmm. me to just break down. I've been to therapy going on three years because of this, and I've talked to countless religious leaders who, besides giving me the general, well, you should turn to God in times like these, (laughs) talks, Mm -hmm. uh, don't recognize that kind of thing as anything demonic or evil. And the strangest thing is that before that incident, there were no actual claims of activity in those dorms. Mm. And since I left, there hasn't been any either. It was just that one isolated incident. Hmm. Hmm. So that is uh, our our account from I eat poop. Ask me anything. Oh my god, <laughs> very spooky. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that was my favorite story that I was able to find uh, yesterday. The idea of um, the infinite reflection type mirrors—it's going to be scary no matter what. It's a little
1: bewildering. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And but then the idea of seeing something because when you look at in the infinite reflections, it seems like stuff can, like is super far away because it is. Reflecting the distance between the mirrors as well, mm-hmm. so the idea of seeing something in that reflection that's somehow getting closer to you, like working its way towards you, it's already you upsetting enough oh, as it is. Yeah, yeah, it's terrible, and then for it to be something so awful. <laughs> <terrible>. <laughs> yeah, so like I mean, I want to believe, and I, pro- I mean, it makes in the case like we said last week, most ghost stories tend to try and find some other explanation for it. Of course, it. In this of course, case, it seems like probably some kind of. Not mental break, but something happened. Mental you break? Know, maybe he like stressed. passed out. Yeah, and he something just dreamt it. Some kind of weird thing and then falling down maybe hitting his head, hitting his nose. Absolutely. The nosebleed. Who knows and I mean obviously the nosebleed explains the smell of blood. Right, right. Um, because there was a lot of blood. Right. But um as far as what he saw, regardless of what caused it as far as hallucination or otherwise, he's never gonna forget seeing this awful, awful thing. Oh, it sounds horrible. Which Absolutely. I, I, I don't know how you sleep after. (laughs) No, no, of course.
1: Yeah, I mean to to take his story as it is and imagine experiencing that. I mean, how do you, how do you move on from that? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I would be traumatized forever. I would never look in the mirror again. Or if I would, I'd like do a quick peek. Yeah, seems like the kind of thing too. You'd like see just, you know, just be burned into your mind. Oh my god, that's exactly
0: how he described it. Yeah, he said he only saw the face for a few seconds, but he'll never ever forget spooky what i like, like i like his
1: description too of it seeming like something hairy that suddenly revealed itself to be veiled yeah and the so rest the
0: kind of just fuzzy edges to it it's like oh it's some yeah. kind of veil thing
1: to it it is a bit like very horror movie yeah it you know? definitely has the elements of it's like, got that it's a little... like i watched a horror movie and then i had a nightmare about it sure but you know i i would i mean it just makes me want to Learn more about the school he went to and the dorm that he stayed in. And if there's some sort of further history that can corroborate his story, you know, give him the benefit of the doubt to see like, oh, did, you know, the veiled woman kind of thing, you know, or something.
0: I do also like that. I I want to hear the description. They said the face. He can't describe it the description he does give it was clearly human but at the same time so far removed like, ooh uncanny it, valley.
1: it kind of makes me think of the um, librarian ghost in Ghostbusters that was <laughs> what I was envisioning human, and then it gets really weird yeah yeah exactly <laughs> I was imagining that if I just suddenly saw that in a mirror oh forget about it it's comical on the show of course but uh, if idea, you just really be, saw that all of a sudden oh, it would be awful forget about kind it
0: like Large March. Large
1: Marge, From, yeah,
0: uh, yeah. Uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Um,
1: you know what? This is a public shame. Oh, I haven't seen man. it all the way through.
0: We're gonna have to put that on our uh, our homework list of TV movies watched. to watch later sometime. Sounds good. Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Pee Wee. So that's all I got for uh, for spooky stories for now. I mean, obviously, the whole point of this podcast is to keep telling scary stories about things we like and discussing them. So. There'll right. be plenty more scares down the road. But There'll that is I guess more. Is uh, it for our scares Halloween
1: spook witch? But uh, yeah, hope hope you guys enjoyed um, taking a taste of the spook witch. <laughs> <laughs> hope, hope it doesn't give you too much indigestion. <laughs> um, there's more spook witch jokes, I'm sure. But but yeah, have thank a you very happy much. Halloween. Happy Halloween. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you again next week. Yes, indeed. This was super duperstitious. I'm Wyatt. I'm Jake. And uh, yeah, bye bye. <laughs>